Hello, everyone, and welcome to another well-played podcast, which is a podcast on all things playful. I'm your host, Michael Matera, and today I am joined with Adam Renard. Today we have an exciting show. Adam and I are planning to ch- planning on chatting a little bit about how video games have inspired our course design. So let's blow on the cartridge <laughs> and load up this episode. Uh, Adam, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name is Adam Renard. I teach currently in Southwest Virginia to sixth grade students in math. Uh, my primary goal in that area is not to become the equivalent of a middle school dentist. You do not have to throw a stone very far on the first day of school to find kids that do not like math. And uh, that that really is my goal when I hang up my posters and I put up all my stuff of my Nintendo games is let's get those kids in the door and to be intrigued a little bit. And then let's see what we can make happen. So... I love that it. has been a big, big, big piece of what I do. I love it. That's, uh, and I'm sure that the students can feel that 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 investment you make in your classroom every day. Yeah, it goes it goes pretty far. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about today's topic. Uh, video games. While I always say at my professional development, you don't have to be a video gamer to do gamification. You don't even really have to be a gamer. Um, you definitely need some pointers and some tips, but like, you don't have to be these things. However, there is a lot to be had if you do crack open, you know, some of these video games and play them. They can really inspire our design for our for our courses. So I, I gotta say, great great topic. Uh, glad to have you on and chit chat about it for a half hour. Yeah, I it's it's one of those things that. Being the nerd that I have been since my parents bought me my first system in 1980, um, <laughs> we, uh, it's just been the thing that's kind of taken over. I mean, from Super Nintendo and playing Mario Kart and playing things on the PlayStation, the original PlayStation, and the PlayStation 2 and Tech Mobile and... and how far they've come now to having class systems and grand adventures and being able to go with other players online or locally. Um, just amazing amounts of stuff that we can do now. The the inspiration that we can get in our classroom if we really look closely at it. Uh, it is speaks language that those kids can understand and it inspires a lot of fun. Agreed. Um, I mean, video games, I'm I'm not going to say that I was like an avid, hardcore video gamer growing up, uh, but I, but I was, but, but I'm, but I'm not going to say that. Um, so this is me not saying that this is totally off the record. This is a private channel. No one's listening to this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I remember as a kid playing, all sorts of video games, but one that just blew me away was Sid Meier's Civilization. Mm-hmm. And I, I played the original Civ 1, if that dates me. Um, A little bit. And, <laughs> and I mean, I played it for hours. Uh, I mean, I remember missing lunches and dinners and whatnot, hunched over in the basement playing that game. Uh, but, you know, flash forward to today, 
And you can see some of those design principles coming out in 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 my Realm of Nobles game that I play in my classroom. You know, these these notions of like tech trees and sort of upgrading things. I mean, I mm -hmm. definitely have an upgrade feature in in my classroom and um, kind of a growth over time. So mm -hmm. while I'm, they're not developing a civilization in my Realm of Nobles, uh, the the like cool factor of the items they get increased over the course of the game much like civilization when you start and you just have a little militia army guy running around he's not that strong you know all the way up to some like stealth bomber uh you know at the end of the game yeah uh, so similar you know parallel ideas of you know that growth over time and, and how you as a player really get excited by that growth because you were part mm -hmm. of that growth you did something for that growth uh, mm -hmm. all similar components that i pull into my game uh you know, just things to think about. Uh, that... Well, if I may, yeah. uh, the 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 thing that was so crazy, I, I read Explore Like a Pirate in January of this year. And well, I finished it in January of this year. A friend of mine got it for me for Christmas. And he said, you know, I really think that you'll like this. And I always knew that gamification was this concept that was in education. But for me, about four years ago, when I first heard David Burgess speak in an interview uh, on a Todd Nessaloni podcast, I forget whether it was Kids Deserve It or whether it was Edu All-Stars, and man, I'm plugging things away, but <laughs> that is where I first heard him, and he really just sort of opened my eyes to needing to do more in my own classroom, but in December when I opened up your book and I started reading it, all of the language you were using is all language that I knew, but in my head I was like, okay, class systems, I get class systems. Okay, power-ups, I get power-ups. Rubber banding, oh, that's a concept I get. Okay, sure. I get this and I get this. And just as those ideas started to kind of mount, and I can think of so many real world examples from times where I held a controller and times when I interacted with friends, it just sort of blew me away. Like, wow, I just never thought of that. And I will never forget putting Explorer like a pirate down, looking at my wife and going, yeah, yeah, I, I could maybe do this my last nine weeks or leading up to our, our, our big standardized test or something like that. And she just, she gave me this roll of the eyes and goes, Thursday, you're going to be using this in your classroom <laughs> on Thursday. And the big one that got me was the boss battle yes. because boss battles for me, as somebody who played the legend of Zelda and every super Mario game that ever came down the pipe and just the modern Nintendo game and the the 1990s video game concept of, of having working through levels and ultimately getting towards a large boss that you had to overcome and work with somebody or, you know, have yourself be so powered up that you could handle it. You know, a kid will not perform for an 80% benchmark standard score, but you <laughs> tell them that they are taking on Lothar who is pillaging all of the goats from the nearby village. And kids are like, let's get Lothar. He's That's, going down. <laughs> I mean, I swear when I tell people sometimes that gamification, if you want the easiest, like dip your toe in, mm -hmm. 
Can't, you can literally just retheme things, just rename things in your class. Like you could give the exact same quiz, and but you're saying each right answer is a strike against Lothar, <laughs> right? Like, but it's still the exact same quiz. You it could be on a Scantron. It could be the most boring, old school, terrible. You can make them get out the number two pencils, mm-hmm. and and it's still gonna be better. They're still mm-hmm. gonna be like, let's do it. Yes. All right. Like I want more of these tests, and you're like, no, no, that's terrible. Like that's yeah. that's that's terrible. Don't wish for that. But like, please don't do this to yourself. Yeah, please, please. please. <laughs> like, no, be an advocate for yourself. That's that's not what you want. But the excitement. I mean, the excitement's there because kids' imaginations are so powerful, and there's there's it's such a huge component of their brain right now is just their imagination. So. I- you sprinkle just a little bit of that in there, just that little theme, just that little, this is your mission. It's not a district standard. It's not like a benchmark. It's we're getting Lothar. But here's yep. the same quiz. Boom. Mm-hmm. Like it does change. Well, and taking that concept, and I mean like building from that, um, you know, I'm, I've mentioned this on the Twitter chat, but I'm looking at next year and I'm trying to think of classes that I can use uh, as we get into what we're doing and having kids have focus areas like focusing on boss battles and what that would mean and gearing power-ups towards that so that they are more equipped to do a specialized area of that is, is the same idea as having a ranger or a paladin or a wizard or a whatever. And what's so funny about that is the modern video game comes so much from just the basics of Dungeons and Dragons, which is hilarious and awesome. Um, My friend and I were playing Borderlands uh, on on the PlayStation 3 before we made the trade-up. And Borderlands is a rated M game. I don't find myself playing a lot of mature rated games. But that one cracked me up because it really took me back to middle school days of playing um, just playing Dungeons and Dragons with a group of friends. And, but now I'm doing it digitally. I actually look like this character. I can still modify this character in the same way. And each of those characters has a specialization. And if we could put a specialization system in our classroom where this kid on this team is really helpful with this and this kid on this team is really helpful with that, it's the same concept. You're just applying it to your room and pulling them in with you. And they yeah. see value in each other, which I think is huge. No, I mean, it is, it's a game changer. And uh, I like kind of what, what you're talking about, about some of these other concepts we can pull from video games, these these character traits, you know, and the, the customization that can come from character traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that I'm going to dabble with next year. Uh, that was a Twitter chat we did like a week or so ago on, on summer PD. And one of the things we, one of the questions in there was what, what are you planning on changing for next year? And that's something I want to add to the realm of nobles. My, my only real character customization right now is the items they have and that Mm -hmm. that's the powers they then can use. I kind of want to try to do this thing where they are also learning like skills Mm -hmm. and that would be like a little bit like of a tech tree and you know, the more you go down, like you could become super strong in a skill, but that means you're super weak in other skills, or you can yeah. be that, that moderate player that's good in all of, you know, lightly good in all of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know 
at all how I'm going to design any of that or what the heck any of that means. So don't ask that question. But yeah, that's that's the goal for the summer is to work on some of that customization. Yeah. Well, and I think I think too, if you look at it, the couple episodes or a few episodes ago, you were um, I forget what his name was, but you guys were talking about theme, and and he had said that he had pulled in Pokemon and just using that that concept of collecting and that concept of of growing what you have and how many of something that you have and kids can relate to that so easily and not just because it's pokemon though it helps um but just that that collection concept that that comes from so many games nowadays where we have something like that and we have something like uh, what is it called um It'll come to me, but just any RPG where you are collecting things and using them or something like um, on the Nintendo consoles, they have a game called Pikmin and my wife and I, we will play Pikmin. <laughs> I, I think that we have, we have put in hours upon hours upon hours of, of just, there's a, a mode where cooperatively you run around a space and the whole concept of the game is it's a, a real-time strategy game where you, as a marooned pilot on this planet, uh, have befriended the locals who are red, yellow, and blue aliens that are about as tall as you are that run around with flowers on their heads, which is strange, granted, but this is Nintendo we're talking about. And you use them to, like, they follow you around, and you literally throw them by the little flowers on their heads, and they take out enemies, and they help you find new spaces. And just the concept of exploration and management and all the different things they can find as they look, and you think about, okay, what can we do with that? Well, exploration, we've got our side quests, we've got what we can do and how deep we can go with an idea. We can discover objects. That also comes through questing. That can come through random drops. In my classroom this year, we did a couple of things where kids would come up to the board to share how they did a problem. And just on the slide, we use uh, Active Inspire because we have the Promethean products. And I would hide behind the problem it would say drop or it would say an item that they have found that they can use or that they can have that adds value or can trade for some sort of value. And so all I would do is walk over and be like, oh, well, what's this? And I would move the problem to the side and the objects there waiting for them. And they loved nice. that. They thought that was great. That was, and I'm telling you, I got kids to volunteer in the second half of the year who never would have come to the board in the first half of the year. It's so true. Case. Just in case. Just so in case. there's a lot of, of, of neat ideas, not just theme that could come from all of that. So that's I mean that's so awesome. <laughs> I mean I mean really like the, the the story of like getting the kids excited, getting more participation, and then down to some of uh, some of the mechanics that you pull from some of those games. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it, it maps so well onto what we do in education. Uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, one, one game that you mentioned that is just super near and dear to my heart is Legend of Zelda. I mean, 
talk about great theme, the right mm-hmm. amount of storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are Easter eggs for those of you that don't know what those are. It's like hidden objects around, you know, that you can kind of discover, but they're not yep. like you don't have to discover them. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you can still win the game without it. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a whole world to be had right there, right? Like that there are that that I learned from a game like that that the player just enjoys being in that world. I mean, I I knew when I was burning every freaking bush to see if one of them would <laughs> would open up a door, right? I yeah. knew that I was wasting my time, but I didn't care. Like that's what I still wanted to do. I wanted to be in the world of Zelda, um, and when I create uh, an adventure path in my in my class that that yeah. really inspires, really captivates. Uh, it's awesome to see kids just want to be in that space. I mean, they are taking time looking for clues. They're clicking pieces on my website. They are bugging me about like, did you hide a clue somewhere in school? Is this, is the clue physical or is it like on one of your digital pages? Like what? Like they're just tearing me up trying to figure out where I hid things, where I put things. And it's the same as, me and Zelda burning every freaking bush, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the, uh, the thing about that, that's crazy. Their, their new game, which is called breath of the wild is totally amazing in terms of that exploration. Uh, I was playing the other day and one of my kids was talking to me about it afterwards and they said, have you played it yet? I was like, yes, I have. I said, it's crazy. I said, yesterday I was just trying to walk around a hill to get to a village but on the way, as I was walking around the hill, there was this root, and this root was looking for its maracas. And so I went, and I killed some goblins and found its maracas, and I brought him his maracas back. And he's like, hey, guy, do you have some seeds? And I had you know, I said, yes, I have some seeds. And all of a sudden, my inventory got bigger because I had seeds. And so I'm like walking. I'm like, well, I gave him the only seed I had. And there on the side of the hill is a giant metal stone. And so I pick up the stone, and there's some more stones over here. I put the stone back. Another little seed pops up, and he says, hey, you found me. Here's a seed. I'm like, wait a minute. The other guy wants seeds, and it makes my inventory bigger. So I ran back around the hill, gave him my seed. He makes my inventory bigger again. I finally go around. I get ambushed by a a robber of some sort. I take him out, and I finally get to go into the village to do what I was going to do. That's 45 minutes of time. And I'm like, I don't know what happened at 45 minutes of time, but I had a great time doing it. And that that is absolutely wild. The other thing that I think that Zelda is great for, and I've talked to you about this, but one of the things that, that when I first started gamifying really meant a lot to me was the idea of using a dungeon. And Zelda does a lot with dungeons. And so what I tried to do was I tried to make a tentpole activity for my kids where we could take a concept that they had been working on and we could pull it together. So I actually created a three-page thing that I would love to do digitally next year, but I'm not one-to-one right now. But a three-page activity where it was like a set of problems layered around these kids going into this place. And... I gave them a branching path that they could choose to do in part of it. So they had to find a direction in a room to step on by only stepping on or going to squares 
that the answer was a whole number instead of a mixed number when they multiplied two fractions. And they stepped on the, or they, they had to draw the path out on a, I think 16 square four by four grid, or it might've been a, a 25 so that they could get, create this path. And once they got through this path and they knew they had found it, they got to pick a easier path that was just some standard practice, or they got to pick a harder path that would really make them stretch. And if they picked the harder path, there was a reward that went on the side of it that they could turn it in, check to see if they were right. And if they were right, it offered them an extra bonus. I, I think it was a power-up of one of my early power-ups that they found that each of their team got one. And then they, then they came together for a last piece where it was just a very basic solve the problems, the answer matches a letter, and then the letters are scrambled into a word. And I always tell my kids, I always say to them as they are moving around the hallway, they say, oh, I was just walking around. I say, well, not all who wander are lost. And, <laughs> nice. and you know, pulling in some Tolkien in there. Yeah. And uh, I had made that the clue. And there were several kids who knew exactly what it was because they listen well. But I still made them work through it. And what was great about that is, you know, there was no, they, for one of my classes, it took three days, but they never stopped working. I mean, they were just, into it there was never a moment where any of them were disengaged because they're working as teams and you solve this one and i'll solve that one and then we'll compare answers and then we'll and it was it was wild and at the end i had a an item that i gave out i i tried to go with the theme of the shards of light because in Virginia, they're called the standards of learning. And yes, the acronym is SOL, which is terrible. But <laughs> the what I tried to do was make each of the shards have a class-breaking ability. And so the first one, the, the whole theme was a jungle. And the first one was the, the green shard of light. And what it allowed them to do, and Carrie will be very proud of this, but I allowed that class or that group that won once a week to be able to stand up and declare that it was time for a mini game. Nice. And as we introduced more mini games, they eventually got to pick which mini game we were going to do. And I said, they said, so we can interrupt you at any moment to pick the game. I said, once a week, you can do that. And so they would plot when are we going to do it? We should do it now. And other kids, when we were doing something that maybe they didn't like, would like petition. They'd be like, now, do it now. And they're like, no, we're going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> and it was, it was a fantastic, fantastic thing. And it was a reward for doing this activity in, in a certain way. And I didn't time it because I'm always careful to make sure because math is not about doing it fast. It's about doing it right. And so we went on a basis of how many problems they were able to figure out without making as many mistakes. And you could see through their work. So, so kind of like who, who had a, who had the best streak. That's awesome. Uh, that reminds me like this idea that you have where these students are working together and sort of plotting when to use this item. I had, uh, 
I had an item that I made this year. I, I needed more one-use items. I, mm-hmm. I love to make these epic, awesome items, but your game can't be filled with all super powerful items. <laughs> so I needed yeah. some just like one-off easy items. And when I teach middle school, I teach, you know, 100-some kids. And when you have all these quests coming in and you have about 70% of kids doing side quests, you know, at any given time, and that's 70 shifts. So, you know, you really do have close to 100% of the kids doing it. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, it takes me a while to, like, get through grading and, like, all these side quests are, like, giving out XP and items or whatever. Yeah. And so I came up with this thing called the Impatient Tyrant. And it, it, if they play this card, I have to like instantly and immediately like grade their side quest, and like if they earn rewards, pay those rewards immediately. And when I first introduced the item, they're like, "You mean like any time?" And I said, "Yep." Like if you know this was this was in the middle of the election, and I said, "You know if." Barack Obama on his last day in office decides to come in and visit this classroom and he's like wants to personally come up to me and just say like my last moments as president I want to hang out with you and you hand me impatient tire and I'm going to say Barack Obama you just have to wait a minute here I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do this and the kids were like no way you wouldn't do that and I was kind of like you're 12 you don't realize that I'm never going to be in that situation so it's really easy for me to say this <laughs> That was that was the best. I had one group that was trying so hard to get my principal to come in the room just so they could play it while my principal was like observing or something. <laughs> and and my principal's fantastic. I I mean she Dana is amazing and she totally would have loved it. She probably would have played with the kids. Right. Uh, but I, but I love these kids strategizing this out. Absolutely. She did. We did um, a a game at one point with probability where I set the actually, I think you put me up to this, but I went ahead and did it anyway, um, where I set up a, a real time strategy board in my classroom and I had the kids uh, in their teams, uh, which we called clans. I think they were called clans. So we set it up and the kids had to do probability to figure out what the theoretical probability of of the different targets was. And then they had to do experimental probability by actually taking a spinner. And if they got a three twice, they would hit that person and that person would be eliminated. And she observed that and she, she was in the review comments or the the whatever uh the feedback reflection if you will said something along the lines of i didn't really understand what was going on but they sure did and they loved it yeah so keep it going <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think sometimes we're, we're we're worried what administration would think or do when we pull all these video game concepts into our class but i i've just been blown away i mean like my administration has been great since putting out xp lap i mean i hear from teachers all the time that like i did it and my principal observed and they loved it or i'm pulling my principal into the game <laughs> like i mean it's just that you you can't deny the the good teaching and the good actions that are going on in a gamified class like that and 
students see it and so do other teachers and so does administration. So it wouldn't surprise me that your administrator just would, was like, I love it. Keep doing more of it. Um, you know, on that note, I think we should move into sort of reflecting a little bit on video games and do you hear it in the distance? I, I hear this faint, faint little there. Ooh, there it is. Gorgeous. Sounds so, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, so today I thought we would have a quote by Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, who really, I mean, has worked through and at and on Nintendo for quite mm-hmm. some time. Uh, and he has, as, as you've pointed out to me, Mm-hmm. a boatload of awesome quotes so just google this guy um but for our reflection time here goes here's the quote we're gonna chew on for a little bit here video games are bad for you that's what they said about rock and roll that's What's... i mean that's uh that's the reality we i i remember my parents do you remember I don't know if you ever heard this one, but the idea that your eyes would turn into cubes instead of being round or something, if you kept playing those video games or your hands would cramp up or whatever it is, if you kept playing those video games, terrible things were going to happen. And really we have found the opposite, you know, that the the kids are addicted and love this stuff. And I addicted is the wrong word that they, they enjoy getting out of that. They enjoy trying these different things. And I think what they've done with them so socially and from a perspective of numbers and stuff and and how much they make kids think and, you know, your experience with civilization and just showing the history aspect of it. There's so much that can be done. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I think it's a powerful quote and it kind of reminds us that, so many things in life are about perspective mm-hmm. and and history and time kind of shows the winners of that perspective a lot of times you know like here great quote i mean rock and roll yeah. used to be terrible used to be taboo uh i'm irish italian heritage right and i mean like those those used to be the people we'd hire to do really dangerous work because we didn't care about <laughs> irish italian people you know like now we're like, wait a minute, everyone in America is Irish and Italian, sort of, right? You know, like now, now it's like fully integrated, right? So it's like time is the great equalizer. And, you know, I think, I think we've rounded that corner that video games aren't considered bad. You know, we, mm-hmm. we see a, a time and place and we, we see how much good can be had in there. The, the, the cognitive things that get developed through play of video games, just, just mm-hmm. the, even the joy of play itself. Um, while it looks different than how you and I played as kids, like why, yes, less kids are running around the neighborhood playing cowboys and Indians, that that also might not have been the greatest game either. You know, like, I mean, parents sometimes complained about that and, you know, using guns and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, like, there's always going to be a slant that we shouldn't or should do things. And I just really love how succinctly this quote sums it all up, you know? Yes. That, that time's that great equalizer. And perspective matters. It sure does. So, I, you know what I like about this? We we talked 
for however long it was that we talked about, about education and, and video games and things that you can do together. And we didn't bring up Minecraft once. Oh, now we did. Did we? No, but, now we did. Right now. I mean, right now. Did, but I'm not going to go into detail about it. I mean, there's an entire episode to be had about Minecraft. We there managed sure to avoid the topic the entire time. No, I mean, you're right. And like, I think that's another thing we can talk about in terms of perspective is, you know, sometimes we get pretty myopic. We, we, we glom onto this one hot thing, you know, like Pokemon Go or whatever it is. You know, like there's the, the one monolithic thing that's happening and we all sort of glom onto it. But the reality is, especially with video games, there's a large library and a lot of things to be had in there. And kind of my closing statements to to wrap this episode up is um, I really want to encourage all of you listeners to like do some research. Think about your classroom. Think about how awesome you've become at your craft because you went and got a master's. You got a degree in it. You choose to read books through all sorts of venues. I think personally Dave Burgess Publishing is a great venue. Thumbs <laughs> uh, up he, to that. Yeah, he just keeps picking winners. But uh, – <laughs> Uh, not biased at all there. Not biased at all. But but truly, I mean, they're just one good book after the other. But like, right, we become masters in our class because we dedicate time and energy to to learning from it. And now, like, you're you're sticking your foot into the pool of gamification. Hopefully you've read Explore Like a Pirate. But on top of that, take some time to go play a game. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. not only is it going to be the best assignment you ever get, but like, there is a lot to be had if you if you're really serious about, you know, tying in game development into your classroom yeah. and, you know, designing your course with those elements. Invest yeah. some time in it. Just like you would anything else. Absolutely. Well, Adam, you know, thanks for button mashing with us here on Well Played. Uh, it's it's truly been a pleasure having you. My thumb is hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as always, you know, stay connected, share your ideas with us at explorelikeapirate.com, hashtag wellplayedview, or wellplayedview.com. We hope you're having uh, just a great, great, great week, and check out the show notes for some more details and resources. Enjoy your week, and play on. Bye.